disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute legal advice and does not cover all the applicable rules. It is for informational purposes and to generate thoughtful discussions about the current issues facing drone operators in the U.S. and elsewhere. For more information or questions, please contact TC via our Twitter handle at TCDroneLaw or visit our website, www.thompsoncoburn.com. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Three Lawyers and a Drone, a podcast coming to you from Thompson Coburn, Washington, D.C.'s office. Uh, my name is Sean McGowan, and I'm joined once again by Tyler Black and Michael Deutsch. Uh, last couple of times, we've talked about um, drone usage for commercial and uh, the hobbyist uses. Um, today, we thought we'd take a look at uh, public uses and government uses uh, take a take a look at three or four examples of such. Uh, talk about um, some of the legal ramifications, if, if any. Um, so first off, uh, you know, you've obviously seen many many news articles uh, lately about search and rescue use of drones. Um, they obviously can cover a large portion of area in a short amount of time, including uh, over land and ocean and they can easily spot human subjects when um, these drones are equipped with thermal imaging cameras. Um, and there have been some recent examples of search and rescue uh, successes. Mike? Yeah, so two, uh, two examples of local governments using drones would be Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office, my hometown, and Virginia Beach. And what's noteworthy about these two examples is that they're both coastal cities. So they both utilize drones for search and rescue operations, and they're particularly useful in looking for uh, lost boaters or swimmers or uh, divers in distress, boating accidents, things like that that ordinarily would not be accessible. You certainly can't drive to a boating accident. Uh, off the coast or things like that. You, you normally have to send out a police boat. It would just take a lot longer. Whereas now they can send a drone. It's much faster, much more efficient. And uh, both Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office and Virginia Beach have made use of drones in that regard. Uh, Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office also used drones to aid in uh, post-Hurricane Irma disaster relief down in the Florida Keys. And again, that was another area where they were able to get the drone down there much faster. And then the drone had uh, the, this, the unique vantage point that uh, wouldn't otherwise be accessible. Um, a large fire, fire, firefighter scenes are another scene where uh, if you have a large fire, uh, drones can come in and help firefighters see the scope of the blaze and uh, can aid in determining where to send resources. Um, and what's, what's also noteworthy, again, about Palm Beach County is that they specifically only use drones for search and rescue. They do not use drones, and they emphasize this, they do, they do not use drones for surveillance because there are a lot of uh, surveillance concerns. And as we'll discuss later in the podcast, that's not necessarily the case for all local governments, but at least for Palm Beach County it is. So essentially, a lot of these police departments, public safety organizations, are using the technology as a force multiplier to get more aircraft on the scene. They're using it as a cost savings measure. It's cheaper than putting out a manned aircraft, a helicopter, fixed wing, or a boat uh, in the case of a water incident. And it's also something that allows for a, a more rapid response time. So it really hits a lot of um, important factors for law enforcement to make things more efficient. Yeah, that, that's absolutely right, Tyler. And, and Michael, you just raised a couple of interesting points. Um, 
about using drones for surveillance. Uh, you know, we often see on CNN news, news broadcasts, et cetera, um, that they are more and more use of drones in uh, those types of situations when, and police are also using drones for surveillance and crowd monitoring. Uh, you know, obviously gives them a better vantage point. It allows them to zoom in on situation, know, know how many uh, people to use or how many people need to be uh, sent to a certain location. But um, what, what kind of examples do you have, specific examples and maybe some legal aspects that we're, we need to think about for that, Tyler? Well, I think that the potential of drone use by police for specific surveillance activities or general observations of crowds and public places has raised some controversy and public concern. Regarding specific surveillance of individual people, certainly you have to think about how does the Fourth Amendment come into play. The Fourth Amendment guarantees the right for people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures. So generally speaking, the Supreme Court has told us that if a person exhibits an expectation of privacy that society recognizes as reasonable, the government can't intrude upon that expectation without a warrant. How does that come into play when you have the police using aerial technology, aircraft, to make those observations and intrusions. Well, what's interesting is that the second part of that test, which is what does society recognize as reasonable, is a malleable concept that can change over time as technology changes and society's expectations change. So two major Supreme Court cases are somewhat instructive even though they're not directly on point, regarding the, the public or police use of unmanned aircraft. The first is Florida versus Riley, 488 U.S. 445. And that was a case where the Supreme Court decided that police officers did not need a warrant to use a police helicopter to observe details about an individual's property from a public airspace vantage point. And so the court focused on, was the police helicopter flying legally at the time, which was at about 400 feet. But importantly, FAA regulations are not, are not pri privacy regulations. They're safety regulations. So they don't necessarily have the Fourth Amendment in mind. This has been a point of some concern as the aerial technology that police are using improves. And that's somewhat exemplified in the Kylo v. United States decision from 2001 at 533 U.S. 27. That was a 5-4 decision uh, involving the use of thermal imaging technology. And the, the court determined that the police's use of thermal imaging technology to look through the walls of a private residence was a search but mostly because that kind of technology was not commonly used by the public. It's not something that a member of the public would reasonably be, expect to be subject to. So you take these two cases together and you have to ask, what would the public expect about the use of unmanned aircraft, especially as those 
technologies improve, the aircraft are flying more um, at lower altitudes and more numerously, how does the public expectation change over time as to what activities they would want to be shielded from and what they would not want to be shielded from? So these are open questions and the subject of much controversy, and it will be interesting to see how police departments balance um, those requests and those um, activities with the Fourth Amendment in mind. It, it sure will, will, Tyler. And what's so interesting about both of those cases uh, is not just the, the law itself, but also the year, and you hit on it. Uh, Kylo versus the United States was 2001, and Florida versus Riley was 1989. And those were years where the, the jurors probably couldn't even imagine the drones, the drone situation that we currently have. And thinking about how common drones are today and the growth of drones that we're expected to see in the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years, it's not inconceivable to expect that in the next decade, uh, almost everyone could own a personal drone. And what are the expectations then? How, how would a court 10 years from now reevaluate this case law looking at and realizing that, you know, it's no longer such a unique novelty, but almost everyone owns a drone? What are the expectations then? So, so Tyler, you raise a great point about um, what, what people are going to have an expectation of seeing these drones fly around and uh, invading their space, if you will. Um, I think nowadays it's getting uh, to be more and more common to see drones used by public officials, um, whether it be in traffic uh, collision reconstruction, active shooter type of situations. Um, are there any good examples of uh, either of those two uses, traffic collision or active shooter that we uh, have? Yeah, absolutely. When I mean, you think about drones and active shooter situations would be really a, a natural place for local law enforcement to use them. They can send an unmanned aircraft in to get a vantage point uh, that they wouldn't have to, that they wouldn't wouldn't otherwise be accessible without sending an manned officer. In this way, they're not uh, there's no one's they're not risking another life, uh, and they're able to aid an investigation. One example that pops into my head is uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh used a uh, newly acquired drone to gather information for uh, for the SWAT team during the course of an armed suspect barricade situation, and they were able to fly that drone in. And that drone was able to provide the police real time video and other data, and allowed the SWAT team to. Uh, to aid their decision process during what was a very tense situation. Another example... And, and that would be Pittsburgh, California, not Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. That's right. So that's a, that's the a, other yes, Pittsburgh. Yes, the other Pittsburgh. Uh, and then uh, another example of uh, accident scenes. So Tazewell County, Illinois, and Wilson, North Carolina, there, there are two examples of sheriff officers who uh, use drones to take photographs of accident scenes to help investigators reconstruct the, cr uh, the crashes later on using software. And again, the major benefit of that is the drone is just able to provide the investigators with a, a vantage point that they wouldn't otherwise have. Uh, and one, one other major benefit is that it allows the subject matters to collaborate with all, without all having to be on scene together. When you think about what goes into an accident scene investigation, there's uh, engineers, public safety officers, uh, all, it's a whole team of people, so to get them all in one place at one time can sometimes be challenging. But a drone allows them to capture that footage and provide the, provide the footage so that they don't all actually have to be physically in one place at one time, and that makes a huge difference. So clearly there are a lot of uses for um, police departments and other public organizations to use unmanned aircraft. I think the takeaway is that 
these uses are going to become more common and as technology improves new uses will open up. The question is how will the law react? How will the federal government regulating these aircraft react? And how will the people react uh, to these increasing uh, incidences of public unmanned aircraft? Many of these are uh, developing areas of the law and developing social issues. So stay tuned. And uh, just one more point to add to that, Tyler. It's going to be interesting to see, not just from a national perspective, but from, from the local perspective, are we going to see law enforcement agencies develop a uniform platform, or will, they, will there continue to be divides between different local law enforcement agencies based on local local policy. Uh, give the example of pop, pops into my mind. Some law enforcement agencies, like we discussed, use it for surveillance. Others, like Palm Beach County, refuse to use it for surveillance and say that it's only strictly for search and rescue. So that's going to be an interesting, interesting little niche area to watch. Definitely will be. Uh, so everybody, please stay tuned and come back for uh, more editions of our Three Lawyers and a Drone podcast. As always, if you have any questions or comments, please find us at www.thompsoncoburn.com uh, and on our Twitter feed at TC Drone Law. Thanks very much.